Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome into the show, everybody. It's the Al Wallace Show here on 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte 97.5 FM. I'm here with you for the next 60 minutes. Got the afternoon rush coming up. Got uh, Mark here with me. Got Molly going to be joining Mark a little bit later. Bobby Rosinski out today. Uh, got a good show for you here. A Monday edition. Uh, you had the All-Star Weekend. Heavy All-Star Weekend discussion here on the Al Wallace Show. We'll get you all tuned in and, and looking forward towards the Carolina Panthers draft class. What does Dan Morgan have to do to make this an above average draft? We got the grade coming out from NFL.com. All 32 teams will tell you where the Panthers fell on that list. We'll talk uh, comings and goings of free agents, who gets paid, 50-year options, all of those types of things coming up at 2.30. But, Yarbs, uh, I think the only thing I watched this weekend, and I know we had, what, postponed uh, Daytona 500? Is yeah. that happening today? Today, 4.30. Uh, yep. Today it's going on. We had some golf over the weekend. Of course, a lot of things happening. But for me, for sports, uh, being one of the first non-NFL weekends after the Super Bowl, this is all about the star power and the NBA and everything that we saw in Indianapolis um, uh, for the All-Star Weekend. It's always good to be able to see those guys in the same building. I, for one, am glad it kind of went back to the East versus West format. For me, the whole Giannis and LeBron and picking the teams, it took something away from it. I wanted to see the Eastern Conference take on the Western Conference and what that would look like and getting an opportunity like we saw with KD back on the same court with Steph Curry and, and LeBron James and all those types of things. Uh, you know, playing in the West. So for me, I, I like the entertainment value of it. Uh, but I think one of the things that uh, we get, we're getting into is the the part where it's competitive. And you can be entertained by it. It's certainly entertaining when you look at the skill set yards of the guys shooting three-pointers, the alley-oops, the dunks, those types of things. But, I mean, over 400 points scored in this basketball game. I mean, if you're looking for competition, you're not going to get it. And it was the same thing in the NFL. They made an adjustment. Is it time for the NBA to look at the format of the All-Star game? I think so. I don't think these guys are willing to go out, compete at a high level, risk injury, anything else. And you know what? They make too much money now. They don't have to do it. There's no reason to do it. So, I, you know, for me, I'm entertained because it is just mind-blowing how easily it make they make it look shooting those three-pointers from range. But entertainment, competitive, those are two different things. It's not going to be a competitive event. Al, it's it's not time to adjust the All Star Game. It's time to get rid of the All Star oh. Game. It's it's done, man. It's done. And it's ugly. You, you thought last year was bad. 
this year was worse. And it comes after where Adam Silver publicly came out and said, things have to change. We, we've got to make this more competitive. You heard players come out before the game last Larry Bird before the game last night talked about how the guys just, it's not competitive enough. And they went out there and it was almost like, oh, Larry, you don't, you don't want competitiveness? Well, we'll, we'll show we'll you show not you. being competitive. That was laughable last night. That was a joke. That was a farce. Yeah, it, and I and I and I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith a lot, but I'm with him on this 100. percent It's all, it's done, man. It's done. Get get it over with. We saw, as you just said, you saw the NFL adjust their 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 Pro Bowl. It's now all these skilled competitions and games and stuff. Whatever you got to do, but the game itself, as we used to know, the All Star Game, that's dead. It's over. Forget yeah. about it. I think All-Star games, and even when I played youth football, right, it was the best of the best put on two different teams and to see if they can go out and compete against each other. Really, where you have all the stars from each team across the NBA on the same court. And the East had all the young guys. They had all the first-timers, all the you know second-year All-Stars go out and, and go out and compete. I think maybe played a little harder because that's what the young guy is going to do. Now, do you expect, you know, LeBron James and his record-breaking 20th All-Star appearance to go out and play hard and compete uh, to try to win something. No, it's just different. But I, the point, and, and Stephen A. made a great point. I, I agree with you. This is one thing that I, I listen to Stephen A. Uh, have his take on this and that I agree with. We watch you guys all summer. You compete. You talk trash. Like, it is heated right. at LA Fitness, at the local Y, at whatever school they decide to go to and pull up and, and have a competitive game with NBA players and non-NBA players. So why wouldn't you go out there to see if you can get some of the best guys in the East on the same squad to compete against the guys on the West and who can come out on top? There's no incentive. There's no reason to win. I don't know if you change or you you try to incentivize guys like maybe Major League Baseball with you know some of the things that happen in World Series, home field advantage and those things. I don't know how you do it. But what happens is you have 10 guys on the court. Five of them are going to move out the way to see if a guy can throw it off the backboard or whose turn is it to shoot the most threes. There is not one competitive aspect of this game, and it makes it very hard to watch. And I'm talking about understanding or being entertained by the skill just through the three-point contest, just through the skill things yeah. that we saw you know, on Friday and Saturday. And I can appreciate the celebrity game. I want some more celebrities in there. I don't want the random, you know, YouTubers and things that I don't know who the hell they are. <laughs> I mean, you know, can we get Adam Sandler in there? I, I, he's a hooper. There yeah. are so many actors and musicians that really love the game. You would love to see them get in there and show their skills on the court. So, and it may just be me, maybe other people, maybe folks younger than me understand who some of these YouTubers and, and things like that are. Uh, but when it comes down to this game and being competitive, man, I don't, I think you, I'm not ready to scrap it, but it has to be something to motivate these guys to play. And I don't know what it is. I don't think you throw more cash at guys who are already making, you know, 30, 40, $50 million a year uh, on the court. They're, they're elite athletes. Uh, maybe it's some advantage. Like we talked about maybe major league baseball where, where the, the winning team, the, the winning conference gets something when it comes to the finals or something. But yeah, all-star games, you might as well just make a list and make it an award, announce it, you know, at the NFL or NBA honors, whenever that happens, and reward the guys for, you know, being 
being on the all-star team, but not going out there competing. Football, I thought, was different. I know it's different because you got to go out there. It's such a physical game. You can't ask the guys to go out and play an extra game a month or three weeks, two weeks after the season. But this NBA game, it's just a glorified dunk contest during the game, three-point shootout during the game. And to see teams go over that 200-point mark, oh, man, that was that's tough for the NBA. Yeah. So I think all fans – whether you're a casual fan or you're a diehard, you couldn't have loved what you saw last night. No, and look, I, I know that game is not geared towards a guy like me. I, I get that. But I don't know how – you just – I don't know anybody walked away from that last night and watched it. Went that, but yeah, that was that was enjoyable. And, yeah, you, you, got, you get two nights now of slam dunk and three-point shootouts. You get it Saturday night, and then you get it last night. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what we saw this weekend. And, look, did I think it was pretty cool when Damian Lillard pulled up twice and shot – 50 footers and, and hit nothing but the net. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. But, you know, other than that, just watching three after three after three after dunk after dunk after dunk. And like you said, guys basically stepping aside so LeBron could go down the lane and dunk a ball. It just, it, it's, it's gotten old. And it's just, we saw it happen in the NFL as well. And there was a time, and I hate to be the, you know, back in my day guy, but there was a time. Where Magic on the West and Larry on the East and Michael in the East, these guys took pride in beating the other conference. They made it known in the locker room before the game. We're not losing to those Blakes. Yeah, I, we're we're this is this is this is for real. I think and, the whole game is down because of some of that just, stuff. These guys are friends. Yeah, they're they have all the buddies. Same they have the same agent. They, they, they travel together. Right. So the it, families know one it's another. Not, it's not so like you're not going to get guys out there trying to prove a point. No. You're not going to get Kobe Bryant trying to go and prove in an all-star game against his idol, right. Michael Jordan, that he can take him one-on-one. You're not going to see you know, Allen Iverson cross up Jordan because those are the things that you do. These guys don't compete. And I think the rules have changed the NBA too. Scoring is just absolutely nuts in the NBA. I don't know that you can watch an NBA game and it's not over 100 points, broaching the 120, 130-point mark every single week so or every single night when they go out and play. So a lot of those things have taken the edge out of it. I think it's made the game a lot softer. Uh, for me, you're not going to get the Knicks of old and, and you know some of the things you saw from the Detroit Pacers, maybe even you know the Boston Celtics when they have Kevin Garnett and those guys where it was brutal basketball. You don't play it like that. And maybe a lot of what we see from guys like Draymond, it feels really out of control. Now, I'm not making an excuse for Draymond. Choking is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking <laughs> hard fouls. I'm talking about physical defense, uh, not – flat out assault that we see from guys like uh, Draymond Green but man it is the game's changed and I'm with you man we're we're in the same age group I just I don't want to see the game get watered down or be as soft as we're seeing uh right now but there were some good spots I mean you talk about all the threes hometown home team uh Tyrese Halliburton I thought had an incredible weekend uh, in front of his fan base on that court that he played against, the three-point contest, uh, the skills challenge uh, w- with his teammates, and and then, uh, of course, in that all-star game, I think he went, what, four or five possessions where they flat-out let him shoot threes, and yeah, he knocked threes, them down yeah. five in a row. Yeah. So that's very impressive. And, and, of course, Dame Lillard, some of the things that we saw. But, you know, for the most part, I can take it. It's entertainment. It's not the NFL. It's, it's kind of my transition point as I become – um, more than just a casual look at the the highlights and, and stats type of guy as the NBA uh, progresses. But I thought it was, um, you know, something that 
you know, they're going to have to really take a look at yards. They're going to have to really take a look at this format, how they can improve it, or if they just need to wipe it off the table. But impress Dame Lillard, three-point contest, uh, you know, all-star game MVP, a guy who really is disappointed to me with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I thought, you know, moving there and, and playing with Giannis would be a really big one-two punch, and they would dominate the East. That team doesn't play great defense. And to see him go out, uh, he's one of the older guys. Dame's been around for a while to see that skill set still shine and uh, and come through. We'll talk more about this game because, you know, this dunk contest, people don't like it. Uh, people saying that the stars need to be involved. We're going to come back, take our first break here on the Al Wallace Show. I'm going to tell you why I think it's a better format and why I think a lot of people are going to appreciate some of the guys that aren't the big stars getting their opportunity to shine in front of all the eyes and in the TVs and homes on All-Star Weekend. This is the Al Wallace Show. We'll be right back. This is 7.30 The Game. Seven zero four three three two zero one seven three is how you can call in to the Al Wallace Show. The text line is open, 704-800-4827, alongside Mark Yarborough here today. This is the Al Wallace Show. Talking a little NBA, the NBA All-Star Weekend is over. Hopefully we see these games on the backside of this All-Star break become uh, more competitive. Of course, the Charlotte Hornets will hopefully be able to talk about them a lot more yards as they are you know, on a winning streak of sorts here. We see if they can keep it rolling. If the hometown guys have given some energy uh, to the team. They've certainly sparked or re-sparked the fandom uh, with a lot of people that, you know, still diehard Hornets fans and want to show up to the stadium down there and take it all in. It comes to jockeying for position, not only for uh, the playoff spots, but the, the play-in tournament. And, uh, you know, some of the biggest names in, in the NBA are in that play-in bracket so far. You look at Steph, you look at the, the Lakers and LeBron. Those guys are 9-10 out there in the West. Uh, they got an opportunity to go out there. LeBron James is still incredible when you think about uh, 20 straight, uh, you know, all-star appearances, broke broke the record, uh, set the record. And the guy still plays at a high level. And, you know, no matter how you feel about him, and I don't know that all the players that – are playing in today's game. We're going to give him credit, and you can do the GOAT debate if you want. Uh, but when, when you watch him play, just a physical specimen, uh, still jump. He had the signature dunk there in the All-Star game. I think they try to preserve energy, right? A lot of these guys, when you look at some of the rules changes about making a lot of these uh, NBA All-Pro teams and things like that, it's about the 65-game limit. And these players have to pace themselves through 80 80- two weeks or 82 games i should say and now this is this is the time right post all-star game you got to find a way to get yourself in position to at least get in and play but uh, another highlight you know we talked about some of the things we didn't like or the game needed to have in order to change and be more competitive but i thought there were two or three bright spots and for me i think the biggest bright spot and it was good to see the best women shooter in the world and the best i think the greatest all-time male shooter in steph curry uh sabrina anescu go out there against steph curry and, and it was tight it, it was tight she gets to go first and i think there's an advantage for steph but to kind of finish that thing in only the way that steph can on like that final shot just to get hot get streaky but 
boy, when you look at the skill set of those two, it feels like automatic. It feels like a jux machine, right? They feel like robots out there, y'all. The way those strokes look, the same form, uh, the same you know angle, uh, the same drop when it hits, it hits the same way. Just impressive to see those two go out and get it done. But Steph Curry edges uh, INSQ out and, and wins this thing and gets the, the championship belt with the two goats on it. But hopefully we see more i hope they bring more wnba uh, sharpshooters along with whoever the champion may be from the previous year and in this case dame leonard to go head to head and make this a, a an annual event where we see the best in the wnba versus the best in the nba yeah look if, if she doesn't go stay in school maybe we get caitlin clark in this yeah. next year uh that would be tremendous I, this might have been the best thing all weekend we saw how was sabrina against steph despite Kenny Smith's stupid comments uh, while this was going on. Somebody always says something stupid, Yeah, he certainly tried to one-up Jay Williams from his stupid comments earlier in the day about Caitlin Clark. But, uh, no, this this might have been the best thing we saw. I enjoyed it. I I thought it was pretty compelling to watch, and uh, they both were were pretty damn good Saturday night. And and I know Carl Anthony Towns was just talking to Mario. is a a good shooter. He's won this three-point contest before. But to see him go out, you know, another guy, big man, a seven-footer, uh, and compete with all the, the top shooters in the NBA was, again, really impressive because we've seen some of the struggles, and we know the game is different, right? Uh, when I grew up, a big man, especially the biggest, tallest guy on the court, played with his back towards the, the, the basket, and, and they were low-post players, and now the game has changed where we see so many of the, the seven-footers, so many of the guys above 6'8", six, 6'9", six, being able to stretch the court and play on the perimeter. And Carl Anthony Towns is, is one of those guys. Now, you guys know how I feel um, about Nikola Jokic, and I got a good laugh about this with Mario in the break. I was going to talk about it here. He tried to beat me to the punch, but we saw him try to attempt to dunk and <laughs> – <laughs> in a format where they're going to let you do what you want to do and for him to not be able to get up. Look, he's one of the elite basketball players in the NBA, in the history of the game, to be able to shoot it, pass it, and uh, create low post moves and, and points for his team the way he does. Uh, two-time uh, MVP, there's no denying it. Don't listen to me. I'm just talking about the aesthetics of his game. But I got a good laugh, Yarbs, trying to see him go up. And I don't know if it was trying to be a backwards dunk or a 360, but I promise you he didn't get further than three or four inches off the ground, and it was a huge fail. No, it was not good. Uh, Luca tried to trump him with a, a bad moment of his own, trying to dunk the basketball, so... Not a, not a great night for those two guys. Of course, you got guys walking up the court at times. It was it was a debacle last night, but that that did bring some comic relief uh, seeing that from uh, from Jokic last night. Yeah, really good basketball players, and you know if you try to predict, and I know everybody's going to start asking like who's the favorite to kind of come out of the East and who's the top team you you look at to uh, come out of the West. I think the Clippers, if they can stay healthy. If you can keep Kawhi Leonard um, fresh, Paul George, another all-star on that basketball team, they're getting really solid basketball, I think, out of Russell Westbrook. I think they're the favorite for me right now uh, in the West. I think they just play such a solid brand of basketball uh, that you can count on. They're not a lot of sharpshooters on the outside. They do have both of those guys' yards that can knock it down. But when you look at Paul George and you look at Kawhi Leonard, those two guys will take the open shot. That means mid-range jumpers, of course layups, 
Uh, they're not selfish. They will pass the ball and move it around. And I think for the first time, we'll see the Clippers go deep. If I had to predict predict right now, uh, for the first time, I think since uh, my LeBron James fandom, I think that L.A. team, the Clippers, make it further in the West than the Los Angeles Lakers. They're just off balance. It just doesn't feel like chemistry with the Lakers. And Le- LeBron will will his – Self through the first, maybe second round. Of course, if they can get out of the play-in tournament, but those deficiencies that we often see and that age and the the fact that Anthony Davis is, you know, a twelve-point guy or forty-two-point guy is always going to be the reason why they don't stand the test of time. But at least for the Western Conference, Yarbs, I really think uh, when I look at it, the Clippers got a good chance of of coming out of that that conference. Yeah, they do do, Al. It's just the, the same story. The same questions with the Clippers. Health, you're just waiting on Kawhi Leonard to get hurt or Paul George to get hurt. And then is James Harden going to show up the playoffs? Are we going to see the regular James Harden where he's a no-show? So if those two things, you know, figure it out, they figured out those two kind of things, if they can stay healthy, if they get get James Harden, then yeah, they absolutely can make a run in the West. But I, I just I don't know how you trust them until you see them prove you otherwise. Yeah, it's – it's um. It's always one of those things of, of course, the Timberwolves have the best record in the Western Conference right now, followed by the Oklahoma City Thunder behind Che Gilgis-Alexander, who's an all-star, a phenomenal basketball player. The Nuggets right there in fourth with the Suns, the Pelicans uh, in sixth uh, with the Mavericks and Kings kind of rounding that up again. The Lakers, the Warriors, 9-10 and 10 in the West. But in the Eastern Conference, can Boston finally win it? Is it Missoula? Is he holding this team back? Are they going to get to a point where they got to make a coaching change because there's so much talent with Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum? Those two alone should be able to carry this team where they need to go. Uh, best record right now at the All-Star break uh, for the Celtics, followed by the Cavaliers, uh, the Bucks. And I think the surprise team with Jalen Bronson finally uh, getting the nod, his first all-star appearance, they're right there. But I think the Celtics should be able to withstand it, um, especially with Joel Embiid and the injury. The Sixers, they're in fifth. They're sliding a little bit here without that firepower on the team. You can never count out the Miami Heat and their exposure sitting at seven. Um, So, yeah, I think it's the Celtics. Cleveland, Feels like the Sacramento Kings, they're going to have that great record. I don't believe they can do much damage in the West. I don't know that that team or that roster is playoff built. When I say playoff built, you know Giannis is going to step up with the Bucs. If Embiid makes it back, he's going to be there. And I think the Knicks are going to give some people some headaches. You know what the culture means for me with the Miami Heat and what Eric Spolcher is going to do. So for me, the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers and, and Donovan Mitchell, I don't believe them. I think this is all about the Bucs and the Celtics coming out of the West. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that somebody in the East uh, Al, is going to beat the Celtics. Uh, now, as you said, if the Bucks can figure it out here in these last eight weeks of the regular season, find some sort of defense, they've got guys who, who know how to win on that team, and I, I wouldn't count them out. But it, right now, it, it's, it doesn't feel like they're going to pose that big of a threat to the Celtics, but – I, those, I'm with you. Those would be the two teams I, I would keep an eye on with Celtics, I think, in a, in a kind of class by themselves. And then you can put the Bucks, Cavs, Pacers, Knicks, whoever you want, maybe in that next group, mm-hmm. and then there's the rest. Yeah, the Pacers, I think, started the season hot. Then the injuries, especially to Tyrese Halliburton, uh, started to pile up in, in that basketball team. 
um, you know, lost some games. They fell uh, down the rankings uh, a, a little bit. Uh, but back to this All-Star game, we'll get more into the NBA and the standings, and I'll get deeper and deeper into uh, the, the actual play uh, that's going on. But this All-Star game, for me growing up, Yards, it wasn't about the three-point contest. That was good, but it was always about the star power and the dunk contest. And I think things have changed. It's changed for a long time. You're not going to see Kobe and LeBron. And, and uh, you know, today's game, you're not going to see any of the All-Stars. Uh, I remember kind of before this All-Star weekend seeing the dunk contests uh, that were leading up to where none of the stars decided they're going to be into it. You had the White Howard and, and things like that. Uh, Max McClung wins this thing, and I think a good – Dunker, when you look at him and the winning dunk, uh, got some 50s there, a perfect score, goes over Shaq, who's, you know, 7'2", whatever, 7'3", however tall he is. And, and McClung, who only played in, what, four games this season? This is what he does now, right? He's not an NBA <laughs> player. He's a dunker. And I can appreciate that. But that brings me to the point and the thought that they should open this thing up. If it's not going to be the stars, can – Especially with NIL, can we get some college players in it? There's some great college dunkers. They're young. They want to do it. They're going to take some pride into it. And also throw some guys in from some of the New York parks, from some of the L.A. Uh, you know, basketball clubs. Get people off the street. Can they compete with some of the pros? I want to get the best dunkers in the world if it's not going to be the superstars, the big-name NBA players. I just remember watching Jordan and Kiss the Rim and uh, the logo. I, re I remember as a kid watching that and him taking off, just like Dr. J, from the foul line and creating that logo, and it was absolutely amazing. I don't want to see Obi Toppin anymore. I don't want to see Max McClung anymore. I think they did a, gr a good job, and, and they you know, have some solid dunks that you can – you know, ooh and ah about, but man, at the end of the day, I think you open this thing up while we're talking changes to the format and get some of the college players in. Maybe go out and have a contest that leads up to maybe one or two of the top streetball players that can be in the dunk contest. If we're going to do it, do it right. Let's get the best of the best, whether that's a mix two guys from the NBA, two guys from college, and two guys from streetball that aren't in either of those organizations, and let's duke it out. I think those are ways you can compete because none of the NBA guys are going to get want to get shown up by the college guys, and all four of those guys are not going to want to lose to one of the streetball players. You got to do something to motivate these guys and make it worthwhile for us to watch. It has just fallen off like the rest of this All-Star weekend. Well, you, you can't get the college guys, obviously, during the season. That, that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, and they have a dunk contest as, as they the do. Final Four. Al, not to be rated on everybody's parade today, I said get rid of the All-Star game. I say get rid of the dunk contest. Get rid of it, it all. It, 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 scrap it all. It's, it's done, man. It, it's done. It's just like the All-Star game. It jumped a shark a long time ago. You got a guy who's won it two years in a row, doesn't even play in the league. I mean, that's just what are we doing here? What are we yeah. doing? So I you can bring in whoever you want, fine, have it, have it. You can bring the college guys in. They get they got NL NIL money and these pro players. They got games. They got the NBA players. They pause the season. No, come on. No, no, I'm not saying pause the college season. I'm saying the NBA has paused the season. But you're talking. Only reason you're saying that is because it's injury risk. Now I don't know if these guys are playing on Saturdays and Sunday. I think the think the NCAA can. It's going to get exposure for some of their guys. There's a way to do it. It's just one night. 
You bring them in. Nah. This event happens literally get rid 20, of 30 out. minutes. Get rid of it. I don't out. think you can't get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. I mean, what is, it what literally is, hasn't happened for years now. You can get rid of it. It's, nah, I don't it, think you get rid of it. The dunk contest that you and I used to like. It's not. It's here only because it's, it's not the stars. So, do we not like the incredible dunks because you can go because on YouTube and watch that? It? You can go on YouTube and watch. Yeah, but that. it's not the All Star Weekend. Yeah. It's not the same. These guys are. Our we can go and watch no. somebody from YouTube shoot threes. <laughs> we can go You're watch right. them compete. I wouldn't have a problem. They got rid of the whole damn weekend. It's just. It's it just it the NBA. First of all, they're never going to do it. No, it's about of money. Not. Of course, it the is. economy I, of I the Indianapolis is never going to do it, and, and, and so forth. I know that. So, I, so I know that. If we're going to do it, what I'm saying, if we're going to do it, if we're yeah. going to waste our time doing yeah. it and watching it, let's do it the right way. Well, let's you, get some guys should, out there. You to should do be it. the head of that. Then you get it together. And I'm going to be the new project manager. With. I'm going to coordinate this thing. I'm going to get Adam Silver on the phone. We're going to work it out. Just like Jay Z does the halftime show. It's going to be Al Wallace kind of coordinating. Good luck, man. On the bench in All Star Weekend, man. Let's take our next time out halfway through. Let's put this NBA stuff to the side. Yeah, let's, let's talk to the Carolina side. Panthers. These guys got to get better, and they got to get better because they got to pay some people. You got to let some people go. We'll talk about that on the other side. This is seven thirty. The game. Temple University is ranked among the top fifty public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Back in on the Al Wallace Show, 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte. You can also check us out at ESPNCLT.com online. Alongside Mark Yarbrough. Mark and Molly coming up on the afternoon rush at 3 p.m. All-Star Week is behind us. So is the NBA discussion, at least for a couple days uh, here this week. We'll get it back into it as the games start ramping back up and as the season goes along. But this is about uh, the NFL. This is about the offseason, optimism, hope. All those words, Yarbs, is what all teams, all 32 teams have, um, maybe outside of the Kansas City Chiefs for – you know, being that one that holds the trophy, that is the top of the NFL every single February when it's all said and done. And for the Panthers, we know it's a long road. It was a tough year. They earned that number one overall pick that they traded away, so they don't have it. It's the 33rd pick here for Dan Morgan and Dave Canales and everyone down there at Bank of America Stadium. But before they get to that pick, they have some decisions to make. They have some roster moves. And I know part of our hope with Dave Canales and that staff that is now full, it's all rounded out, coordinators, uh, positional coaches, uh, part of what they're doing uh, as they get ready for the combine coming up in a couple of weeks here is kind of breaking down last year's film, looking at this roster, figuring out who they can trust, who they need, who's coming along with them they need to move on from some of those decisions decisions even though we may think they're easy because we watch the game because we're living in fandom aren't going to be so easy for Canales and, and Morgan who 
you know, had a big hand in, in putting some of those guys on that roster. And I think this comes down to guys that are, uh, you know, free agents uh, that can move on and go out and test the market yards and, and get paid other places and guys that can get franchise tagged, fifth year option, those types of things. So I broke this down into a couple of different categories, guys that you need to pay, guys you need to pass on. You need to, Let's let them go. You need to move on. It's time for them to be done here with the Carolina Panthers. And then guys, again, that you can cut or coach. These are guys that are under contract that you have to make a decision on whether their skill set matches that cap number and what you can do with them uh, moving forward here in 2024. So this first group is, I think, guys that you would love to have back, but you got to make a decision on them. Is it going to be worth it? Are they going to meet the, meet the scheme, uh, their leadership, all those types of things? The first name I have on here is a guy that, look, he, he surprised me. The contract surprised me a couple of years ago, and then the play surprised me because up until the time that he became a Carolina Panther, this guy, Frankie Louvu was a special teamer, and they paid him like a guy who was going to play a position. He was going to play linebacker, and he did. And boy, did he play linebacker in 2022. Now, 2023, the numbers dropped off a little bit. This is a bad team. There's some injuries, a new scheme. I think new, uh, you know, responsibilities and things that Vero was asking from Frankie Luvu. But if there's one guy and it feels like Frankie's gonna get, you know, three, four years, forty-five million, somewhere in that range. Uh, when you look at the cap number uh, for Frankie, I think he's a guy that if Vero has his way, that he wants in his defense. I can't imagine yards another coordinator not wanting a guy with the energy the effort and the tenacity that we see from Frankie each and every Sunday so for the Carolina Panthers I think you pay him you find a way to pay him he's not going to scalp you it's not going to be ridiculous especially because of the position he plays but you need Frankie Louvu as a base a foundational piece on this defense no look you're right he did not have the year in 23 that he did in 22 as far as impact but still as you said, with Vero back as the D coordinator, I, I got to believe he's one of the core guys that he wants to be part of this unit. So uh, I, I'm with you. He, he seems to be a guy that you, you need to you need to pay and bring back. Yeah, Burns is a guy, I think, and I said this before, I'm not going to beat around the bush. He's a guy you have to have back. I mean, you have to have him back. And I say that because you don't have options. I'm not talking about his play. Uh, it's not debatable about his production. Uh, we know the production is play uh, there. We can have a discussion about impact produ in production. That has not been ideal for Brian Burns. But when you look at the top edge rushers in the league, no matter where you place Brian Burns, he's one of the best. And you can use that lightly. You can kind of strangle it in a little bit and get real specific and go to that uh, impact you know, word. But I think Brian Burns has to be back. Now, I'm not telling you you got to pay him. Uh, certainly not saying pass, but he's a guy that you can franchise tag. He's not going to be happy. But if you lose Brian Burns, you don't have another pass rusher on the team. Frankie Louvu becomes your best pass rusher on this roster if you're a Vero, and that's unacceptable. So I think you got to find a way to pay him. And by pay him, I mean tag him. It's going to be $22 million for Brian Burns if you give him the franchise tag. Now, that could mean tag and trade. A lot of things could happen this offseason. But by no means can the Carolina Panthers let Brian Burns get out the door um, with a with a trade and, and let him go and not have an answer for that position at edge rushers. Not DJ Johnson. It's not anybody else on this team. I think you got to find a way to keep Brian Burns yards. Yeah, look, we all know what should have been done a couple years ago. 
Al, with the, tr- the proposed trade to the Rams for Brian Burns, we've got you two first-round picks. That didn't happen. Ideally, would you like to do a tag and then trade? Yeah, but to your point, and you're spot on, they don't have any other options. They they have He may have to be brought back uh, and not just the trade from draft picks or whatever. He may have to be brought back because you don't have any other viable pass rushers. So uh, he's a guy that you wonder – we saw he wasn't real happy this past season. As you said, if you tag him, are you going to get the same type of performance from him next year? I don't know. but He, he gets destroyed if he goes out there. He should have gotten destroyed this year for coming out and saying that he was afraid to get hurt. He was getting paid $16 million yeah. a year yep. to play scared. That's unacceptable to me. And I know, you know people don't want to hear you be critical of one of the best players on this roster. $22 million this year in his sixth year in the NFL to go out and play afraid and not give 100% effort on every snap to be a difference maker on this team will be unacceptable. Is it ideal? Does he want to get paid? Yes. Do I think he's worth more than $22 million? I do. I don't think he's worth $34 million. That's the high end. That's Nick Bosa. Do I think he's worth 30? Probably not. I think he's south of $30 million. So there's a sweet spot, but at $22 million a year, you're not going to go out and make more than $1 million per week, and it's 18 weeks in the season, and you're not going to give me everything you have? That's unacceptable, and I think Brian Burns has to really evaluate this offseason and how he approaches that. Shaq Thompson is that bridge guy. Uh, For me, I understand why he's a leader. Has nothing to do with his play on the field. I don't think his play feels like a leader that is reserved for the best players like Brian Burns and Derrick Brown and some of the other guys. But his leadership is undeniable. He's a guy that took a major haircut last year. We thought was going to be cut. I think you have to go ahead and get that done. He got hurt. It's another year. I mean, what are you waiting for? What are you looking for from a guy like Shaq? I appreciate and respect tremendously what Shaq Thompson brought to this football team. But it is time to move on. He can no longer be a Carolina Panther. Not if Dave Canales wants to win. Not if Averro is serious about bumping this defense up and getting better at the linebacker position. There are some options out there, options that are going to be maybe cheaper and younger and certainly more athletic than we've seen from Shaq. I would go back and say the last three or four years, not just the last two. So that guy, that veteran, man, we appreciate you. Salute to Shaq, but it's time to go. Yeah, what was it, 21, where he probably got off to his best start mm-hmm. he's ever had, and then he had the injury, got hurt. and he'd never been the same since, Al. And yeah, you, you just you can't afford to pay a guy just to basically be a, a rah-rah guy in the locker room and give great speeches. Uh, just it, make it, him a damn coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly, if that's what you're going to do. But yeah, it, it's time to move on from Shaq. You, you're not going to deny the, the great work he's done here and how much he's loved here by the fans, but it, it, it's time to move on. Yeah, this is a tougher one. J.C. Horn... Drafted a couple years ago, not played in a lot of games. He's been hurt, but when he has, you can see it. You're talking about the it factor. You're talking about a guy that looks the part, plays the part, as physical, as skilled, as talented as any cornerback in the NFL. As talented as any cornerback in the NFL. I'm afraid of his injury history. I don't think the Panthers can pass on him. I think they have to keep him. Uh, that fifth-year option is going to be something they're going to have to think about. I think that is up for concern that they don't give it. Look at Chase Young. The commander said, we we think you're a great football player, 
but you've been hurt. Right. We can't afford to give you that fifth year option. We're going to make you earn it. We're going to see. And I think that's the position uh, that, that JC is going to be in. So I think they're going to pass on paying him. I think they're going to wait and see if he can stay healthy, if he can play a full year. And that one is tough for me because I do think he is one of the top 10, I'll say, let me make it broader, top 10 corners in the league. He is really good, like really good, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah, look, if they picked up this fifth-year option, that to me would be a huge red flag in the beginning of the Dan Morgan GM era. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I can't do that. I, I'm just I'm not about to for the reasons you just talked about. So I'm going to let it play out. I'm going to, as you said, I'm going to make him earn it. Show me you can stay healthy, and then we will certainly talk. But I, I, I cannot in good conscience pick up that fifth year right now with the way that his injury history is. Yeah, that's tough. That's a pass for me on J.C. Horn. And this one's a no-brainer. Uh, the best player on the Vero's defense a year ago, Derek Browns, is absolutely dominated. He's one of the best interior defensive tackles in the league. And he's doing it in a different way than all the other guys like Dexter Lawrence and Aaron Donald are getting recognized for. He's doing it by being an absolute beast, a space eater, a man eater in the middle. He plays the run much better than he is a pass rusher. Over 100 tackles this year. That's right, over 100 tackles this year for Derrick Brown, a great guy off the field as well. I think the Panthers would be absolutely ridiculously stupid not to uh, uh, exercise that fifth-year option uh, for Derrick Brown. And then before we get out of here, cut or coach. These are guys that are already under contract. Uh, maybe they have to take a pay cut or maybe you just cut them outright. And other guys, maybe you coach them up and see what they have left. I'm going to go through these pretty quickly as we go into our final segment here on the Al Wallace Show. Ian Thomas, time to go. I don't know anybody operates with a blocking tight end anymore. I'm not impressed with the skill set. He, he's not. I mean, he hasn't had 200 yards receiving since Greg Olson was here. <laughs> since Greg Olson was the tight end and he was the backup. And he subbed in and he got over 300 yards. He hasn't sniffed 300 yards since then i think it's time to move on from ian thomas so i'm gonna go ahead and cut ian thomas i've said i thought dante was a decent cornerback and that he should be on a team he should be on this team as a situational piece as some depth i'm gonna go ahead and look at that number for dante i think 16 million dollars i don't know that he's gonna survive especially after troy hill you found out you can go get guys uh, you know off their couch, guys that get cut by other teams. You get younger, maybe not faster than Dante. The injury history as well. He's going to not season injury, but banged up all the time. So if he's not on the field, why can he help you for $16 million? I'm going to go ahead and cut Dante Jackson too. Bradley Bozeman's a guy I think you have to coach up. I've seen the skill set. This team, hopefully under Canales, wants to run the ball yards. They can't cut Bradley Bozeman, but boy, he has to figure it out. He has to play a lot better. I cut Hayden Hurst. And I coach up Miles Sanders. I believe in Miles Sanders. This was an awful offensive year. So many things went wrong. He was in the mix of that. We look at that number, and of course what he did with the Eagles, and we're thinking, man, he was a major disappointment, and he was. But I think you have to coach him. You can't cut him. Chuba Hubbard's the great one-two punch. I think could be a good solid one-two punch. But Hayden Hurst, he can hold Ian Thomas's hand. They can walk out of the building together. Let's upgrade the position. Let's get better. If you want to make Tommy Trimble the two or three or whatever it is in this system, I'm fine with that. But some of these guys, unfortunately, are, but you got to cut. Some of them you can keep and try to coach them up, and that's uh, my list. Let's do our final segment here on the Al Wallace Show. NFL.com, they graded all 32 teams' draft class from a year ago. We'll tell you where the Carolina Panthers fell on that list. This is the Al Wallace Show.
Back in on the Al Wallace Show, ripping things up here on a Monday edition. 7.30, the game state locked in, coming up at 3 p.m. It's Molly, it's Mark, it's the afternoon rush. Bobby Rosinski out of studio today. He'll be back later on uh, this week. My yards, I, I you know, clicked on NFL.com. I saw, you know, Panthers or NFL.com rank uh, the 32 teams draft classes. We start to get into that area of the offseason here. And I held my breath. And I did the thing where I go down from one and right there at the top um, with, with one. It was clearly the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud and everything that he he brought to the NFL and the awards uh, that he won. And, of course, Tank Dell and – you look at Will Anderson Jr., uh, those guys that they drafted in 2023, just uh, just unbelievable. Oh, like, C.J. Stroud can hoop, by the way. He can hoop. He told us he could, <laughs> and he was on the podcast yeah. with Michael Parsons, who won the celebrity game yeah. with 37 points. Uh, I think he's just a freight train, 6'3", 250 pounds. You stop him going down the lane. Uh, they both had a great showing. It shows the athleticism of both of those guys, but C.J. Stroud, man, he has some game. He told us he did, and – uh, it certainly uh, didn't disappoint. So that was the top draft class in the NFL. And then way down, I think at 27th or so, you have the Carolina Panthers. And Houston was an A-plus, Carolina Panthers, D-plus. You look at Bryce Young, I think really disappointed. And I know you guys have seen and, and maybe talked about the redraft of that 2023 class and how many publications and how many experts had Bryce Young, number one overall pick Bryce Young, completely yards out of the top ten. Like, this guy was way down the list, and it's so disappointing, and it does make you worry about it. And I know that, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, this could be a major turnaround, and we'll see, uh, you know, Bryce Young really step into uh, and improve his game uh, to become better. I know a lot – one thing that Bobby and I always talk about, like name the guy that has been – what a lot of people are considering, let's not say he's a bust. Let's say have a bust of a first year, a rookie year. Turn it around and all of a sudden just light it up. I just haven't seen that. Now you saw guys, and it's always the Peyton Manning comparison with all the interceptions. But you could see Peyton Manning was going to be Peyton Manning, right? Even though he made all those mistakes, I didn't see it. And I know we run a promo here where I'm saying, you know, 16 games this guy started. I didn't see the things even briefly, that I thought was he was going to be great. We were so it was so bad that when he made a throw, when he made a good read, when he dropped the ball in a good spot, we were so excited. I don't know that I saw elite, not the way I saw from C.J. Stroud, not the leadership, not anything from Bryce Young. So it's going to be tough, and I think he's a a reason, the sole reason actually, why this team went from uh, the post draft grade by the same by NFL.com was a B for the Carolina Panthers. And that was based on the number one overall pick all the way down to a D plus. It could have been worse. I think it's worse. Uh, maybe Jonathan Mingo had a respectable see, uh, season. But other than that, I'm not even going to tell you the names because DJ Johnson, the rest of those guys were next. It was a absolute miserable draft class last year. And if Dan Morgan, Dave Canales don't get it right. They're going to be back in the same position. They have that 33rd overall pick, Yards. I really think you got to go out and make a uh, draft the difference maker at 33. If you keep that pick, it's got to be a receiver. It's got to be a skill set guy that's going to be a difference maker. Not eventually, not that has to grow into it. I think he has to be a day one starter that goes out there and his name is in the conversation with some of the top receivers in the league. That's what they need to do to get this right early uh, this offseason. Yeah, and the thing with Bryce is, unless he comes back and turns into an elite quarterback, 
if he just ends up being a decent, good quarterback, you're not going to feel like you got your money's worth for that trade for what you gave up. Well, that's already over. It, it, yeah. You know, it, it just you, you're going to come on the come out on the short end of that deal. So, uh, at this point, I think if he turns out Bryce Young is a good quarterback, I think you you, you take that, but you're still you're going to come up short to where you were hoping he was going to be. Yeah, he's never going to be able to live up to that expectation, and I mean never because what we're going to look at. Is C.J. Stroud for one, and then we're going to look at these quarterbacks come out this year. So not only did you pass up on C.J. Stroud, but you blew the opportunity yeah. to get a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, a Jaden Daniels, some of these guys who are considered generational-type talent. So you didn't fail once. You've already failed twice by trading away that pick, and D.J. Moore to boot is now a Chicago Bear. So, man, it's tough. That draft pick better pan out. Dan Morgan, his first opportunity to get this thing right. I think the only opportunity to get it right or it's just going to stay in the same place we saw in 2023. But that's it for me here on the Al Wallace Show. I'll be back tomorrow, 2 to 3 p.m. Stay locked in. It's the Afternoon Rush.